What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of E2E or e-commerce to everyone. On today's episode, we're going a little bit back to the basics of what this whole channel was about. Um, and we're going to focus mainly on Amazon uh, automation stores, but specifically on uh, the activations. Now, the activations is a topic that scares the fuck out of a lot of sellers. Um, it's something that uh, at the beginning of the industry not many people talk about because it was less common, but as the industry grow and the more sellers uh, started uh, appearing on the platform or signing up on the platform, Amazon started to actually be very hard on their policies and started really deactivating uh, a lot of accounts. Actually, I have next to me Vlad one more time. Welcome again, bro. I know it takes me a lot to bring him on, on board, but today we did it. And you actually have a statistic of how many sellers are actually deactivated on the platform, right? Yes, I'm not the guru on the analytical side, but I, I can give you guys some rough numbers. And I just wanted to say hello, everyone. I hope you're enjoying the podcast, some of the content we've been putting out. And in regards to what you're saying, Iggy, 100%. I believe there's over 6.2 or 6.3 million sellers on Amazon uh, and about 4.3 or 4.2 of them are actually audited or deactivated. Yeah, that's and a very high percentage. Yeah, it's, pretty, it's pretty crazy. People don't look into that a lot, um, but I know that you know about 2.5, 2.7 million are active and I think my numbers are a little off, but really to your point, it's just that it's something that's reinforced by Amazon. 100% man. And Another thing too is like, why does Amazon deactivate accounts? Like people think that Amazon just deactivate accounts because you're doing something wrong or they just want to fuck with you. But the reality is that there's a lot more deeper side of things as why Amazon deactivate accounts. And that's what we want to cover on today's episode. But before we get to that point, what are the reasons that an account can get deactivated? I mean, I know them, but can you help me out here? Yeah, there, are there, there are a lot of reasons. Uh, I think something they about we can break them down in four. Like yeah, four. We know that those four are the there might common. be more more in between, but the four main ones. Yeah. Um, first, I wanted to say that any third party sellers representing Amazon, so they have this kind of protocol that they're going to follow since. It's for the consumer on Amazon. So any third-party seller that messes something up, you know, they're, they're going to let you know that you're making them look bad. So to your point with the types that are more common, you have business verification, uh, which is very um, concise in a sense of you being able to have a store and, and having it under one person. Yeah, and if they deactivate you because of that reason, it means that you've done your setup the wrong way, like 100%. Uh, it has to do with how you set up your business, how you been, how you rush the process on the onboarding. Like that's something that we deal with a lot. Like a lot of clients come in and they want to rush the process. You mm -hmm. know, they are like, "Oh no, I want to be onboarded like in two weeks." Mm -hmm. Look, you can be onboarded in one day. Like if you have like a company, like or you want to do it on your personal name, you can be onboarded in one day. Chances are that if you do it. On one day, you're going to get uh, not allowed. Like, we can't say that that's a deactivation because your story is not up and running, but 
it's it's a way of stopping yeah. the journey. So yeah, yeah, it's like they're blocking you and sometimes you don't even know why they're blocking you. Like it's something like, uh, there's a lot of rumors out there that says that Amazon do background checks, that they have CEI uh, information behind them. I honestly don't know. And people that talk about it, like if they know, like they're full of shit. The truth is that nobody can really tell. What I can tell throughout experience is that it usually has to do with tax issues that you may have, or uh, they might not be able to verify the business EIN because you got the EIN on a different address mm -hmm. and you don't remember, or things to that extent, you know? Yeah, I, I think also what we, we should look at is the fact that Amazon only wants you to have one store per household, one business address. And a lot of times people try to work around that and they use the same business address, which potentially gets... Which, by the way, you can have multiple stores. You can. You have to be careful. Yes. Because, again, you might everything might look good at the beginning and you might get approved, but Amazon is auditing constantly. Mm -hmm. And then they might link both the accounts that you have, yeah. the new one and the old one, and then you're fucked both ways because exactly. now you end up with nothing. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, keep going. And, and to your point too, like as you have your store and you're on this journey with your store, they could potentially just ask to re-verify business information, which can be later on. And then that can create another type of audit and a delay in, in your momentum of selling. So I think that one, it varies depending on, you know, the, the information provided in the onboarding process when they're verifying. And then later on, you, you keeping those P's and Q's and, and T's and I's dotted and crossed, as, as I like to say. So just, just to clarify this, and so we can help people to avoid these issues, main thing is make sure that your address, that you are uh, setting up your Amazon store, uh, that you are linking your Amazon store with, hasn't been used on the Amazon platform. Make sure that the person that is going to be the face of the store on the Amazon platform doesn't have any relationship or linkage to any other Amazon seller account. Number three, make sure that the credit card or debit card, that's, an, a, that's a huge thing too, because one of the easiest way for Amazon to identify that two accounts are linked is through the credit card or debit card that you're using to pay the seller fee, which is $39.99 just to use the platform. And a lot of people, they want to use a credit card. That's why on our business, when we're setting up uh, our clients' stores and businesses, we tell them that we need a debit card. The reason we need a debit card, guys, is just because if the business is new and you're opening up a new bank account and you're getting a debit card, it's 100% uh, impossible for that card to have been used prior, uh, prior to with another account. So that's the cleanest way of doing it now. You can use your personal credit card, yes, but make sure that, you know, we spend so much shit with our personal credit card that we don't remember. Maybe two years ago, you used that credit card for setting up an Amazon account that now you don't, that now you don't recall having, and all of a sudden, now you're going to get declined again. Yeah. And the fourth one, so we mentioned the, the first three, which is the address, the name of the person that is going to be the face of the business on Amazon, the debit card and the credit card. And then the, the last one is the EIN. Like the EIN must has to be clean. Like if you have any 
debt with the IRS or with the state, they're not going to approve you. And also the social security number. Even though if you're going to do it on your personal name, they're going to ask for your social security number. If you're going to do it on a business name, they're going to ask for the EIN. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm, I'm, am I missing it? No, those are, those are the main ones. And, you know, that's why it's a challenge for... Oh, Just, bank account too. Yeah, the, the, bank the business bank yeah, account, the business bank um, account. Um, which ties with like the debit card yeah. and stuff and the credit card information. And I know there's so many people that try to open up their own stores and they have trouble just getting all that documentation organized and really treating it like any business, making sure everything is aligned. And then they end up having to go through those errors on the onboarding where now they can't even get a store up and running because they just weren't prepared for what to expect and what Amazon wants. I think that's the main problem on e-commerce, and I touched base on this on one of the first episodes, is that most people, they just think that e-commerce in general is putting your product online. Mm -hmm. What people need to understand, and that's what we are trying to do with our clients and through the podcast, is to show people that this is a real business. You know, like, it's no difference from a service business. It's no different from a brick-and-mortar business. Mm -hmm. When it comes to documentation, legalities, processes, it's the same shit. There is no shortcuts. And yes, you might have one case here and there that was able to open up their store, having everything in the air and stuff like that, and today they're success stories. But that happens in business too. How many people start their business from their garage and then they become huge companies? Look, we have Apple, Amazon itself. Like, you don't have to, like be all the time perfect, but in this case, because we're dealing with a platform that expects perfection, yep. you need to be pretty much perfect yeah. on regards documentation, you know? Yeah, especially for a virtual business. Yes. You know, they, they, they're big on trust, and it goes back to why they even audit or deactivate accounts is because it's a business that there's no way for them to have real contact with you or reassure themselves that you're going to do right by them on their platform. So... I know with business verification, it's not so common uh, in, in comparison to the other ones, but I think we can dive into... It, it's very hard, by the way, it's just to finish, and we can go into the next one. It's very hard to appeal a business verification oh, yeah. uh, issue. Like, 99% of the chances you are done, like, you don't have a way of taking that account forward, and you will have to start the whole process again. Yeah. So, again, be mindful on that one. The second one... I think that now we can dive more into once the store it's up and running. And the second one has to do with inauthentic products, okay? And the name itself kind of describes what this is about, but the reason behind it or the real, the real purpose of these type of deactivations has to do with, back to what you just said, is trust, you know? And also to it's another way for them to pick up if you are doing retail arbitrage, if you are a copycat on on certain products, you know, and uh, inauthentic audits are sometimes random. You know, sometimes they might just audit you from. We even had cases, uh, not recent, but in the past, I had cases that they audit an account and they ask for information on three particular items that those items have never been listed on the account. You know, so if they do that, it's because the system knows that you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing. So they just throw you that curveball to make your life a nightmare. Yeah, and to piggyback off that, 
the system is one of the most advanced that there are out there, especially in the e-commerce marketplace. You're looking at something that you can't walk into, right? When I say something, I'm, I'm talking about Amazon. And, and they've been able to improve and enhance their system to a point where they just want to make sure that they're protected. Just as much as the, cl- the customer is, they want to make sure that the business that is operating on their platform is protected with their face on it. Because if you're selling knockoff products or if you're disappointing customers or if you're trying to do retail arbitrage, you end up putting that consumer in a position of not wanting to shop on Amazon again. And that's their, that's experience. that's all they care about. Exactly. Like they, they really don't care about the consumer as they say they do. Yeah. They don't care about the seller as they say they do. All they all care about is their which I respect a lot because honestly what Amazon built in all these 20 plus years is fucking amazing. You know the fact that for somebody to be able to launch any product or a business and have access to millions and millions of consumers is fucking insane, bro. If you think about when we started e-com industry, like, yeah, we, we came with, like, a backstory and we came with, like, people that know about us and stuff like that. But how hard it is for us to tap into new markets, into new people, to share what we do, you know, it's very fucking hard. And on Amazon, I respect the fact that they audit accounts because the truth is that you can have access to what they offer in any other place. You you simply can't. Like, yeah. it's impossible. Like, it doesn't exist. Yeah, no, and they created that platform for such a long period of time. You know, before the pandemic, no one was really operating at the pace that Amazon was. And now everyone's trying to catch up and like you always say, you know, cut, copy and paste their their method. But their artificial intelligence is just way ahead where they can run those random audits, even if you're close to doing something wrong and you're not really doing it wrong. Just to let you know they will that audit they're you. in control. If they, if they have a doubt of what you're doing, they will now 2022 more than before. But now they will audit you. Yeah. They don't care. Like yeah. they rather be wrong. But make sure that you're doing things right than letting you ride and then have a bigger issue yeah. for them down yeah. the line. And and it's really, you know, about selling on their platform. It's like a privilege to sell on Amazon. Well, we launched, so a, store, we launched a store today and they were already making money. Like, you can't do that in any other place. And it's not because we are wizards, okay? It's not because we have a system. Like, I tell this to everybody, every store is different. Like, we had stores that started and they didn't make their first sales uh, until, like, 15 days into the yeah. platform. Like, that happens all the time. But the truth is that you ca- you also have a high probability of launching your store and selling the same day. Mm-hmm. And I don't know any other platform, Walmart, eBay, uh, Shopify, you can't do that anywhere else, yeah. anywhere yeah. else. So I always tell potential clients or clients that we have or investors out there at events that each store is on this maze on Amazon's algorithm, on Amazon seller. And you can't really predict how you're going to perform or pick up momentum. But if you proactively set the store up for high probabilities of success by understanding what you're facing, which is these different policies, these guidelines, making sure products are authentic, making sure the business can be verifiable at any given time, um, it gives you kind of more leverage in performing better. 
one thing that we've seen to your point is that a lot of the stories that we take on, whether it's the ones that go through the horror stories that we go through our, our protocol, which we can touch on later, um, or just new accounts that we establish, they start performing faster and better because all the, those little you know nuts and bolts to the engine is it, they're they're tight you know everything is is optimal and it's performing where Amazon's like hey these guys like they got this thing kind of rolling the right way they're doing things the right way because they can tell yeah like you of said, course they can of tell. course they can and tell. then the stores start performing um, at at any given rate to pick up that momentum and to just reap the the rewards of being on Amazon as a seller. So to go back into a little bit and to move into the next one, when it comes to inauthentics, uh, key things to make sure so you don't get uh, the activation for inauthentic products is like, don't do retail arbitrage. That's the number one. Yeah. Even though everybody likes to talk about drop shipping and uh, utilizing the retailers to take advantage, I was actually like a couple of weeks ago, I was not going to even say it, but honestly... I feel the need to say this. I was on my Instagram and a competitor of our, well, I don't even know if they're competitors or not because honestly, I don't think that anybody does what we do, but somebody that is on the same space, they were giving this free ebook on how to sell on Amazon doing drop shipping and how to do this and that. And I downloaded the ebook and I was like, dude, people are fucked up because they are showing on the ebook that you should set up your store they were literally just barely telling you how to set up your store, but whatever. They were telling you how to set up your store, and then they were telling you which vendors you should use. And these vendors were Walmart, Target, Home Depot, Bed Bath & Beyond, all retailers that from the get-go, and we said this over and over again, from the get-go, they will get your account shut down. No matter, like you can last a year and you can be happy because you make some money, but what's the point on you putting time and energy and money behind a business and then having it shut down in the best case scenario after a year? Yeah. So that for me, it's literally frustrating. That's what we do, what we do. That's why we do episodes like this, even though I enjoy a lot bringing people in and talking about different uh, life experiences and business mindset the reality is that I want you guys to hear this shit because it's frustrating. You know, it's frustrating because they put that shit out there and then when shit hit the fans, they tell you, oh, it's a business. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I get it. It's a business. Every business has issues. We all have issues, but there are certain issues that you can avoid. Yeah. And when you are giving people, when people need a hammer and you're giving them a fucking spoon, yeah, they might be able to put the nail in but how hard they're going to be working and how long is going to take how long is going that spoon is going to last you know like if you bang a spoon against the wall fucking a hundred times it might break you know that's why you need a hammer so that's number one don't don't do retail arbitrage number two don't use or don't try to get into listings where the brand is there you know that's something that it's very severe. It's not an impossible fix. Actually, that is easier to fix than retail arbitrage because you can apologize. You can reach out to uh, the brand and apologize to the brand and make the brand remove the complaint. But it's very hard uh, in the sense that you're going to get frustrated and 
usually those products are more expensive, you know, than yeah. doing retail arbitrage. So you might get on a listing uh, where, I don't know, let's say office chairs, you know, like, I don't know, let's say Ikea would be selling on Amazon, which they're not, but let's say they're selling on Amazon and you want to use Ikea, you buy Ikea in bulk, and then there's a listing under Ikea, and Ikea is selling that listing, don't get into that listing. No matter if numbers show that you can make money, don't get into that listing because you're going to be selling one, two, three, four units. Ikea is going to complain. They're going to shut down your listing and potentially audit you for that. Yeah. Uh, what else? I mean, to that with the inauthentic audit, I guess just the acquisition of the product. I know through my experience, Amazon will request like proof of invoices, proof of fulfillment. Um, and that's where things get really severe because if you can't prove those things and you're, you're taking those shortcuts, you're not as disciplined, you know, your account's going to get hit. Um, I've, I've heard a lot of stories about people trying to, you know, sell products. I, I don't like using the term knockoff products or knockoff brands. But I don't even think that they are knockoffs. Like, they are real products, but yeah. they, are, they are, you can't sell them as the brand. And then when Amazon asks you for the invoice, you can't submit an invoice from a retail store because it doesn't cut it. You need a, an invoice yeah. or a letter from the actual manufacturer, distributor. Uh, so it's better to stay away from those products. And also to your point, make sure that your supply chain is clean. You know, make sure that you're getting the product from the right people um, and, and you have that documentation in the event that you will need it because you never know. You might be doing everything perfect, but the fact that, and this is another thing that Amazon knows too. So Amazon knows exactly when you are, uh, when you are, um, a reseller and when you are a brand. Why they know that? Because usually brands register their brand with them. So if you have a store that you are going to be selling your own product, you should go and if you are selling it and you're listening to this and you haven't done it, do it because it's only going to protect you. So if you, let's say I want to sell this pen and this is my brand, best thing to do is to submit to Amazon proof that I own the brand and that I have the trademark and everything. So now Amazon knows that my store, I'm actually a business selling my product there. Now, you can still be a reseller. Actually, all our accounts, not all of them, but 97% of our accounts are resellers. And what we do, and that's what we do different than anybody else, is we actually have control of our supply chain because we buy directly from brands or distributors and we focus on products that they are kind of in this free market category. Yeah. They are not necessity. Yeah, they are, they are, they are not restricted by yeah. any uh, brand. They are not yeah. restricted by any uh, owner. You know, it's like they're open products. Well, just to touch in on that, one thing I always tell people is that it's almost as if there's more buyers than sellers of that product, and those are the products that we focus on because if you have necessity or essential items and it's branded, right? Um, usually it's, you know, it's, it's not a big deal because you don't need exclusivity or, or authors. Yeah, and, and those sell. brands, and those brands don't care because they are not in that, in that market, yeah. you know, so they don't care. And that's where yeah. the gain comes to us. And then on top of that, because we are ourselves are a distributor, mm -hmm. we have way better pricing than people that might be competing against us. Yeah. So that's the other benefit of being part of our ecosystem. Mm -hmm.
to jump into the next uh, type of the activation. So we touch based on business verification, inauthentics, and then we can touch base. I know that there's like two more maybe, but I think that we can unify all of them into one because the next deactivation and the reason I want to unify all of them into one is because it has to do, all of them, it has to do with the metrics of the store. So they can put you in different categories, but the reason of the deactivation is because the metrics of performance of the store are not up to Amazon standards. Mm -hmm. And these metrics are late shipment rate, ODR, uh, which is the, is the same thing, but again, that this is why I unify in, uh, all of them because your ODR can be fine, but your late shipment can be off, mm-hmm. and they might audit you. The name of the audit is the same, but in reality, they are auditing you because you have late shipment. Yeah. If you can keep going, so I can drink yeah, water. And ODR is uh, <coughs> order defector rate, which we'll we'll get into detail. Um, you have late shipment rate. I know Ignacio mentioned that um, valid tracking rate. Uh, then there's intellectual property complaints uh, and, and other, you know, policy compliance uh, matters. And to Iggy's point, you know, Amazon, Valley tracking number. Yeah, that's a that's funny. a big one. That's a big <laughs> you one. Took, you took you, you yeah, yeah, drink yeah, the water. I, I that's a big yeah. one. I, I'm sorry to catch you no, there, no, no, but no, that's a big one. And especially in our industry, that's a big one, too, because and that's a big problem that it's getting triggered by retail arbitrage. Right. So you touch based on the pandemic and. Uh, these retailers, more specifically Walmart, Target, they try to copy Amazon in regards of their operations. And one of the things that that screwed up for our industry is the fact that now Walmart was shipping products using DoorDash or using, uh, at the time was DoorDash, now it's Uber, or using Postmates or using, uh, I don't know, any other... uh, No, the other one was Postmate is now Uber, DoorDash... And what else? Another one? I mean, from my experience out Midwest, out West, they had like different yeah. um, carriers that they were using. Very, very like the problem with re- those less carriers reliable though, yeah. third The problem carriers. with those carriers, though, is that they don't offer tracking numbers. Yeah. And to sell on Amazon, you need to put tracking numbers all the fucking time because that's the way they verify that you're not making fraud. So when all these retailers that everybody talks about you should use started shipping products fast yeah. with those... Uh, solutions, they literally messed up the life of everybody in the industry because now you don't have a tracking number to provide. And that's when fake tracking numbers started appearing. And the other thing, the other next big thing is that even now, people using, doing dropshipping and using still Walmart as their vendor, Walmart Walmart, uh, shipping uh, flow is messed up. They will email you telling you like, hey, your order has been delivered and you might not even have a tracking number yet. Or they will tell you, here's your tracking number and you put the tracking number in and there's nothing. Or they will tell you that your order will be delivered today and it will never come through. That's why I'm always surprised when when I see courses or or people in this industry that claim that they can do two-step, three-step, you know, (laughs) processes with, with that retail arbitrage when we already know that the delay that, that it takes to get a tracking number, but also the customer to get their item so they can be happy, 
you're going to get negative feedback, which falls under ODR. You're going to get maybe an A to Z claim because the guy who's yeah, rushing yeah, to I, get I, to the I next. Never, I, yeah, I never got my yeah, product. Yeah. He's trying to deliver food and deliver your item at the same time. He doesn't have time, and he ends up, you know, who knows, tossing the package to the wrong door, leaves, and now that customer's upset. Your store looks bad, and boom, you get smacked for, for an audit there. Yes. Honestly, like, it's funny that you said that, and I laugh because it's like, Everybody's talking about two-step drop shipping or the new way of doing drop shipping. And the reality, guys, and I'm going to say it straight blonde here, is drop shipping on Amazon like everybody else is doing. And I'm not saying because we are the best or anything, because we have our issues too, but we control the whole fucking process. Mm -hmm. That's the big the biggest difference. But the reality is that drop shipping on Amazon is dead. Like, period. Like there's no way that anybody can build a sustainable business on Amazon doing drop shipping the old way. Now, we, on the other hand, because our processes are clean, everything is in-house, we control absolutely everything. We have our own fulfillment center. Um, we purchase our own product. We facilitate the product to our clients, and we literally control the whole process we can still offer it, but it's not because we are geniuses. It's just because we decided to put our head down and do the fucking work. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Like this comes down to sitting down and doing the work, yeah. like everything in life. Like there's nothing like I, I was talking on, on this convention on, on like two weeks ago. And I said one thing that it's like, we live in a society that everybody wants the fast money, you know, and everybody's focusing on how to make, a million dollars in a year, how to make $100,000 right now. Like, everybody's in this rush. But the reality is that the only reason there are people in the world that make money that fast and sustainable, it's because at one point in their life, they sat down and they do the fucking work yeah. or they did the fucking work. Yeah, and, and two, you know, you got to learn the systems of operation. You got to learn softwares. You got to see how you can synchronize things. Amazon is already so advanced that playing catch up with them is, is difficult, especially when you have a large volume of orders coming in and you have to track those orders and you want to make sure that your stores are sustainable because it's easy. And we always talk about it. You know, people complain, right, that sometimes they don't, get the uh, the amount that they want nobody's gonna have enough right coming in and any <laughs> investment i learned that through my young experience in business nobody and no everybody's going to expect yeah. everybody's going to expect for an investment to make more money than what they yeah. make on their regular job yeah. and that's something that even i had to learn through investing in different things that when you have that mentality you are literally setting your up setting yourself for failure you know like if when i started e-com industry when we started e-com industry but for me it was kind of different because you had earned equity i had like capital equity and if i would have started this with the mindset that hey vlad i need to all this money that i'm putting in i need to get it back by the end of the year we wouldn't have a business like literally we wouldn't have a business. And sometimes I am the one, which is funny, but it's good to have this conversation now. We haven't said this in private, so it's going to be the first time coming out. Sometimes it's even funny that I am the one slowing Vlad down because he gets overwhelmed and he get, wants to get into this rush of making the whole business, okay, 
We need to, uh, if we're spending $2 in shipping, we need to find a way on how to square that up because that right now that's a loss. And I'm the one telling Vlad, bro, we need to go through the process. You know, we're going to get that money back. We're going to make that money back. Mm -hmm. But we need to go through the process. Yeah. Right now, it's not the time. So I think that that's important for people to understand. Whatever business it is, it might be e-commerce, it might be uh, being a lawyer, it might be being uh, in videography, it might be whatever yeah. you do. You're going to have, you need to have a mindset that knowing that you are not working to make your money back, you're working to make a long-term business yeah. that it's going to pay you. And if it's going to pay you, it's going to make your money back. Yeah. There's no two ways around it. Like, you are going to make your money back, but having that mentality of, I need my money back, it's a very, it's a yeah. broke mentality. It's a literally, it's yeah. a broke mentality. And, and that's why we have quotas. You know, we don't just overindulge in new business. We don't try to take on everybody and anybody. And, and just to kind of go back to my point, you know, it's business. Um, any business out there might take you a year, two years, three years, four years to really see a return on your investment, to really see some cash flow, to really see some net. Um, so here, you know, I always tell people, and I say it respectfully, I, I have the magic buttons. I could probably click a couple buttons behind yeah, me, true. right? Even though we don't, yeah. and I'll run your store up for you. But what's that five, 10 K that one month going to do for you when now you have a store shut down for nine months, when now you're not going to make that passive income that you were so excited to, to, to be a part of. So it's true. You know, I learned it definitely because I'm, I'm younger and I've seen the good and bad side of it, but I know that it takes a lot of discipline and a cliche saying that I always talk about is putting integrity first, money follows after. For us, our integrity is on the line because we have our backs against the wall. We're trying to improve systems because we care. We're trying to invest into software for our stores and our clients because we care. And through that, there's a lot of money. There's a lot of sacrifice. There's days where we're feeling like we're digging ourselves a hole. And then there's days where we feel like we're on top of the mountain. But at the end of the day, it's all about putting the work in and really seeing how much we want to grow the business and the businesses that are in our business. A hundred percent, because one thing that we understand in our industry is that the only way for us to have a business for us, like now now I'm not thinking about the client, I'm thinking about e-com industry. Yeah. The only way for us to have a long-term business, which is what I we want, mm -hmm. okay, is to do what you just said. Mm -hmm. You know, if we don't think like and that's the thing that we need to translate and we want to translate to everybody if we are focused on the short term that means that e-com industry is going to be a short-term thing mm -hmm. why because all these issues are going to happen now if i'm focusing on the long term of the main business which is e-com industry which is the ecosystem that holds all the stores yes. that means that my intention is for all the businesses to be long term and one thing that I want to say, too, about this industry, and this goes to every single industry, but there's industries that you can get away with this more than others, is that this is an industry that you can't talk and not do the work. This is an industry that you have to be willing to do the work. That's the funny thing, and I laugh because um, actually... Zach, you're going to, to, to know what I'm talking about if you because you follow Jalal. Jalal posted, uh, not posted, he sent me a private message uh, a couple days ago uh, from another person that follows me. Uh, he, he's in another industry. I think he's in network marketing or something like that. But he was coming down off a plane and he put, 
can you guys explain to me why everybody on the auto, e-commerce automation world, all they showcase is their lifestyle? Like, if that was cool and all their all their all their clients are getting fucked over yeah. and i respond to the guy hey i love your post and i truly do uh, i wish i could remember who he was so i can literally we can tag him here but i don't um but the funny thing with that is that bro this is an industry that if you don't do the work you're you're done you know because yeah. amazon changes every every fucking second every day every quarter every every year um and then if you don't have the infrastructure to counter that change you're you're fucked like yeah. you're literally fucked and i see a lot of people talking yeah. and talking and talking about yeah we are investing in these we're investing in that we have 500 employees here we have 600 employees there we have a team there this and that yeah. but then all they show is their fucking life yeah. bro if i i want to have this building with fucking 300 employees and i promise you sack we will be doing videos of the whole staff every fucking day because those are things that you should show because you're proud of yeah. The same thing with the warehouse. We loaded up the warehouse. What do we show? The warehouse, it's fucking loaded. Mm -hmm. Bro, if you have that infrastructure, that's something that you show. Yeah. You don't hide. Yeah. And all these people, all they do is talk, talk, talk. Yeah, we have this. And then you go into a meeting and they, they tell you, yeah, we have uh, 300 people on, on the uh, store management side of things. And then we have 500 people on the administrative side of things and this and that. But then two things. Number one, you never show them. Why the fuck you don't show that? It's like having a hot wife and not showing it. Like, bro, it's literally like that. It's like if you if you are dating a hot chick, why the fuck are you not going to show it? And then number two, if your team is so fucking big, how the fuck do you have all the issues that you have? It doesn't make fucking sense. Do you think that people like to hire people just to hire people? No, dude, there's a thing called efficiency. So... You try to maximize the quantity of employees that you have, and then you start hiring once the quantity of team that you have is not efficient enough. And then that's how you ramp up. You just don't go out and hire people. I, I, I wish I, like it would be like just to hire. Let's go and hire. Mm -hmm. Like It makes sense. And, and that's the part that it just fucking blows my head off. Bro. Yeah, and, and this is many companies many individuals in the industry it's not pinpointing towards anyone or any specific company i actually do my due diligence just because to master my craft and, and my my position here in ecom industry and sit on some of these calls um, talk to some of these people hear what they offer and i'm always mesmerized at the fact that people give these people their money now i know everyone's different i know everyone has vulnerabilities and some people are more gullible than others but it's frustrating when you're not getting shown enough. And I, I call it like a magic show. It's an <laughs> illusion because you're like, wow, he just pulled the rabbit out of the hat and you're just mesmerized. I don't by think, pictures I don't think, I don't think, look, there's two things. I don't think that people are gullible. I, I think that I do believe though, that people are so, uh, in a rush for these kind of passive income thing that, uh, the fact that they are hearing an opportunity where somebody else is going to be doing all the work. That's, that's the, the closing line. But what I would tell you is, and where I agree with you, is that 
if I'm going to give somebody money, uh, I want to make sure that they are responding for that money, you know, that they have stuff to show for that money, you know, like uh, we can go back to when we hire Zach, like I had to see his work before I hire him. And I saw his work and I was like, yeah, he's, he's, I want to work with him. I want to give him the chance. And by the way, like, Saki is fucking awesome, but your career is kind of just starting, right? And that's the part. Like, you don't need to be on the top to show what you are about. You can start from the bottom and show what you're about yeah. and people will still give you the chance yeah. and the opportunity. And that's the thing, you know, what I do believe though, going back to what I was saying before is that people tend to align material shit or lifestyle to success, you know, and that's where people are gullible to give their money, you know, like people, maybe not now anymore in our industry because of all the shit that has been going through, but at the beginning, uh, people would see that you drive a nice car and they would be like, okay, he's successful, he's telling me this, he might know what he's talking about, okay, I can trust him, yeah. here you go. But... I, we want that to be over. We don't want that to keep being the trend. And we want for the trend to be, show me what you are about. Like, Just, show me, show me. okay, I'm going to give you 30 grand, 40 grand. I'm going to give it to you. Mm -hmm. Show me what am I getting with this money. Exactly. Like, show me your operations. Show me your fi 500 employees. Show me your structure. Show me everything so I can be, okay, Here's my money. Yeah. No, and I, I always want to pinpoint this because I think it's important, Iggy, that you know, you've you come from that side of the game, you know, when things were different, you know, before the pandemic, even a little bit during after, and you started to have that realization where you know you wanted to focus more on adapting to Amazon because you saw that stores were getting deactivated, right? Um us now being able to show stores that are active and selling. Now they may not be selling a hundred grand. They may not even be selling fifty. But grand, that's not even the goal of us. But they're us. active. Like, they're healthy though. They're not deactivated. Because yes. I know that's kind of how like, the, the, the episode. I'm, is. I'm, let me. Let me. I'm uh, sorry to catch you. I'm just going to say this because I don't want people to be like, oh, what do you mean that's not the goal? Of course, the goal is to sell as much as we can. Yeah. But that's not our goal in the sense of we don't want a new store to be selling a hundred grand. We see and we actually plan out. We want all of our stores in our portfolio, the ones that are a year old, to be on those numbers. Mm -hmm. But we don't want stores that are getting onboarded right now to be on those numbers. Yeah. And also, we want to be on those numbers, but in our structure, if a store is selling 100 grand and the client is spending 70 grand in products, that means that that client at least took home 30 to 40 grand. I don't want yeah. to sell a hundred grand to make somebody 10 grand. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And and to that point, you know, I, I was making that statement just because I know, you know, sometimes margins are better than volume. You know, I know we, we touched on base on that before. And I think that's where you kind of build more trust with Amazon when your volume isn't just out of this world. Like, how do you look being a third party seller and you're launching your store, you know, 50, 75, 100 grand, 150 grand. To this day, I don't know people that have done that for 12 months consistently unless it doesn't they've exist. been sellers for years. No, that, it, know, it, does, it doesn't exist. Look, the truth, is, the truth is that if you are a reseller and you are selling 100 grand, and unless you have the right infrastructure, meaning that, like us, okay, because it's going to come the time 
we are again we're nine months old like i've been in this industry for a long time but we are nine months old as a company and we don't have stores that have been on the on this infrastructure for more than nine months uh, but the truth is that we will get to that point but the reason we will not have an issue is because we have everything to show for we are even accredited on amazon i don't know if the camera can take it there but we are even accredited on amazon I don't think that anybody that is in this industry knows what that means. I truly believe that nobody knows. I think that when they hear that we are accredited on Amazon, they might think that we are making it up. Well, you know what we're going to do? Next video, I'm going to frame the thing that Amazon sends us, and we're going to show it. Yeah. And the trainings that you, know, you, you have know, to go it, through it's for like, that. It's like crazy, yeah. bro. It's, it's this, this thing that people think that... You can sell this business or not sell or offer this opportunity to people just with words. Yeah. And it goes back to what I said, at the, I was saying is like, this is probably till this day, one off or the only industry that you need to do more than talking, you know, because let me, let me give examples of industries that if you talk, you can be successful at being a lawyer. Okay. You can talk all, all, the, all the game you want. Then you go to court, you lose. Oh, you, you can find justification. You can be like the judge, this, this, and that. Like, you can always find a justification. You can always find somebody to blame. Maybe Zach's uh, job, it's another one that you can only talk because then it comes the actual service and product that you need to deliver, which is mm -hmm. the final video. You actually need to be good. Like, yeah, he can be telling me, like, yeah, I work with Steven Spielberg. But then if we went record, he's editing and everything is shit, then I would be like, dude, go back and go back to school. You know, like there's no, there's no, yeah. like you need to do. And this is getting even tougher and tougher and tougher for people because people don't just, they don't want to do the work, bro. Everybody yeah. wants to work from their laptop in their, in their home and live this life that I want to live too, you know, which is the life that, big, big business owners live, which is, hey, I wake up today, I have my, my gym session here, I got into a couple of phone calls, then I go into a lunch meeting, then I go back to the office to see how everything is running, then I finish my day at four or five, I can go home, and yeah. I want to live that life too. Mm -hmm. But there's a process with everything, bro. Yeah, yeah. Two-year businesses, three-year businesses cannot do that, bro. Yeah. Cannot do that. Yeah. Like, if you have a two, three-year business and you're doing that, I promise you, you're going to fail. Yeah. I promise you, you're going to fail. Unless you are in real estate and you have assets and they're producing for you, and then, yeah, you have a portfolio that it's paying you this and that, but in this business that you need to put the time and work to make stores, like, bulletproof, and you actually need to put time and, and effort in developing systems and also in building relationships with vendors and distributors and brands to show them that you are actually... Uh, an asset to them and you're not just there to put an order one time and then you're going to be gone it takes fucking time and then the other part too is like bro look all the systems that we implemented till this day we have issues you know and they are they are small compared to other issues that people have in our industry but we have issues like for example today new store we onboarded it uh, we we link all our softwares to it. The store started selling. We go back to the shipping software. The store is not pushing through the orders. Okay, we need to fix it. But issues like that happen all the time. The reason they are easy to fix for us 
is because we have the system that yep. we can identify yep. where the issue is and we're not just like oh fuck what happened yeah you know, like wh- wh- where where do we look yeah we're not lost and, yes. and i think all of that is a, is a good saying iron sharpens iron right amazon is iron we're iron as e-com industry we want to sharpen ourselves and getting accredited training ourselves implementing different strategies it, it really helps us stay uh, up to par so that we really avoid these deactivations right because at the end of the day um i read a good book from uh, one of my good friends who you just spoke to and that's your good friend as well ray bueno gave me a book one time by simon Sintek called why right it, it's a little bit deeper okay into i need, like, I need yeah, to read that book. take a note down for that it's a good book but um there's many reasons you can read it for different you know business personal but and in, in, in this case, just to kind of bring it here is our why is really to constantly have this opportunity being provided for anyone that wants an Amazon store. And the way that we can do that and reassure ourselves is by making sure we sharpen our iron with the iron of Amazon. And I think through these nine months, what we've done, because we do get compliments all the time. I think you don't compliment yourself or on uh, the audience's time is that people are astonished by what we've built so fast um they don't know the commitment the sacrifice the time the the hours uh the money obviously but um i think that when you look at where we're at and our why behind it it's because we truly care like i always tell people we just care about what we're doing and we have a passion for it where it's not going to be on amazon's time that we have to adapt it's going to be on our time one one of the things that it's it would be cool to share because it attaches to care is that every time we close a deal okay like a new client is going to join the family or every time we hit our quota okay which we have a quota set in stone it's eight stores per month we don't go above on that and we were talking even at the beginning of this month we might not even have a quota next month because we might be at capacity and we might be like yo you know what this month this coming month we're only going to do two or we're not going to do any stores like that. It's mm-hmm. literally on a month-to-month basis. But one of the things that shows a lot that we care is that, of course, we're happy when we close a deal. But it's like that short-term celebration of, okay, yeah, we close a deal. Yeah. But then it becomes the other part of, okay, I need to get to work. I need to perform yeah. for this person. I need to make their experience pleasant. I need to show them that we care, that it was not just yeah. to get the money. And those things are literally, to your point, what people don't see, but what actually shows that we care, you know? Like, uh, again, I've been on the other side and... Me as well. It, it, it's, it, 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 was, it was a point of like, oh yeah, we got money, let's, we're happy. Hey, let's celebrate, you know? Yeah. And look, that's not earned money. When somebody pays us for our service, that's not earn money the earn money comes after we do the work that's mm-hmm. a money that covers the cost for our infrastructure yeah. for our operation that that's not money that we earn yeah that's money that we are actually responsible for yeah so and I, just to piggyback off that with the business development side like getting investors or new clients new stores it's you know a mindset that i go about with and we actually go about with is just taking the win but not looking at it as a championship Oh, hundred you know, percent. So yeah. we, we win in the regular season, <clears throat> but we still got work to do. To I don't win. think I don't think that in business in general, and that's why I like business more than when I was an athlete. Is that business? There is no championship. You're never on top of the world, bro. Like, it, and that's that's one of the issues. That that's one of the biggest 
mistakes that young business owners or entrepreneurs uh, make is like, they are like, oh, when I make my first million, when I make this, when I make that. And honestly, I don't celebrate anything of that shit. I'm always, and I have, and I have discussions about this because people, chase. <laughs> people tell me all the time, like, oh, you're, never, you're, you're ungrateful. You're always looking at the next thing and the next thing. And here's the thing. Number one, I pay attention from who is coming that from. Usually, the people that tell me those things, they don't have the same goals that I have. They don't have even 1% of what I have, okay? And they are telling me that because that's what their brain is telling me, them to justify their shitty life. That's the truth. And I might offend people with what I just said, but that's the fucking truth. Look, I'm not ungrateful. I'm grateful as fuck. Every fucking day I wake up, I'm grateful, I'm happy. I try to uh, shut down all negative thoughts and have energy for the day. And sometimes my energy starts here and then it ramps up all the way there mm -hmm. and then goes back down. Yeah. That's normal. But the biggest thing is like, don't confuse grateful, being grateful with settling. You know, people confuse that shit. Like, look, I'm grateful that I'm able to build out this studio. And I was grateful when we were recording downstairs on a Costco table. I was grateful all the way. Now, Fact. should I have settled with the Costco table? Because for content purposes, and I know that a lot of people will agree with, is like, oh, there's no difference. You can record this shit anywhere. Yeah, of course, I can record this shit anywhere. But now, how do I want to look? What is the vision that I have for what I'm doing? Do I want it to look like everybody else or do I want it to look professional? Who am I looking up to? You know, I want to have a podcast like, like Patrick but David. I want to have a studio like that. Some other people, they want to have no studio. They want to do lifestyle shit. They want to, yeah. again, showcase their life, yeah. which by the way, there's nothing wrong with one or the other. It's just, I'm a business person. Yeah. I want things to be done in a business way yeah. because I do believe that the lifestyle and the business go separate. You know, I have a good life. I don't hide those things. I live in a nice home. I have a beautiful family. I can afford most of the things that I want. Not all of them. I can buy a jet. I want to buy a jet, but not all of them. But I can afford most of the things that I want. But... I don't showcase that. And also, at the same time, even though I can afford most of the things that I want, I don't reward myself with those things so often because I can enjoy them the way I want to enjoy them. Mm -hmm. Like I was literally talking, and I know that we're renting completely different topic, but we're going to go back into this. But I was literally talking to my sister two days ago, and I was telling her, like, damn, I haven't had a vacation in, like, four years and she goes like oh well why don't you book a trip and go like just go if you can do it and I'm like yeah but I can't do it the way I want it and she goes like what do you mean I can't do it the way I want it I don't want to go to the airport I want to fly private I want to go to a private uh, villa and have a chef and have all this shit so I'm not going to travel now when I know in my head that I'm not too far away from what I want. And that's the yeah. other part too. Like I'm telling myself all the fucking time that I'm close. 
I don't look at those things like, fuck, it's going to take me fucking 10 years. No, bro. I look at those things like if I'm going to get them like in a year, year and a half, yeah. two years max. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I look at that shit every single yeah, time. The that's chase, that's man. why go attaching <clears throat> points, that's why people are impressed on how fast we build what we built here. Because when you and I sat down and Julian and Diana were there too, which we need to bring them to the podcast, by the way, but we'll do that soon. But when we were talking, in my head, I didn't want to have like a small shop. I wanted to have what we see now in this building. Mm-hmm. And was it risky? Yes, 100%. And most people that are in business, that they don't want the same things that I want, they tell me that I'm fucking crazy. But guess what, bro? I did it, in, we did it in nine months. Yeah. There's people that they're still talking about me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. And, and, you know, it's all about perception. It's all about preference. And then, people, and then people say that I'm scared. Nah, 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 no one's, no one's saying that. I think that, you know, it, it's all about the passion that you have towards what you speak about. Like, you know, you reference the podcast or just this business and kind of pushing that forward. Um, I think it gives people hope. It gives people inspiration. And it also is inspiring to those around you in, in the building, right? At the end of the day, you, know, you had this vision, um, you know, from a coffee shop and, and an entirely other business, other partnerships, so forth and so on. And you just held yourself accountable you put yourself at a, at a different standard. And I think that's what happens with us as humans. We evolve and we evolve differently. You know, it can take somebody five years to get to where you're at in one. It can take somebody 10 years to get to where you're at in five. And the beauty of life is that every single day we have a chance to learn more about ourselves and we have a chance to reflect. And it's better to look into a glass mirror where you can see yourself than a wooden one. And I think that's how we got to this point. And to just touch base back on yeah, let's the, go back uh, to the episode because I think that yeah, we, we've ranted, been we've been getting yeah. into a lot but of it other was good, stuff. It was good. Um, it it kind of just goes hand in hand with you know this kind of energy we have where we don't deal with you know we're not perfect, but we don't deal with the type of issues that other companies deal. Yeah, hundred you know, percent. Um, these different audits, these different deactivations, where you know we set ourselves up because of our good faith to make sure that hey. I really care about this business. I care about my journey and I want to make sure everybody else is, is a part of that journey and, and that there's going to be that trust factor for them um, where don't get me wrong. You know, we're going to have our, our, our days where, like you said, you know, things may not be sinking right. Uh, maybe Amazon actually wants to review something. Right. It's not as detrimental as some of the ones we talked about, but there's always going to be variables of a consumer complaining about a product, right? Yeah, there are things that you can control. Yeah. There are things that you can control. And I have a point here that I'm going to leave for the end. So I'm not going to touch based on this right now. But what I wanted to talk about, because it kind of goes to your point that you were just making, is what are some myths that there are in the industry when it comes to the activations, you know? And the first one that I want to say out of the gate is that the activations exist regardless of you doing things the right way or not doing things the right way. Right. Like, uh, of course, if you do things the right way, you yeah. may never get deactivated, but at the same time, there's a chance that you will get deactivated because of what you just said. There's variables in this business that nobody's, nobody controls, you know, like a customer complaining. You might have the best fucking babe out there that 
you got a batch from your manufacturer, you've been selling it for years, and that batch, you got 500 units that they were fucked up, you sold the 500, you ship it out, and then you have 500 complaints on Amazon, Amazon is going to shut down your business. Mm -hmm. It's not about, oh, but I was doing FBA and you guys have my product there. No, it's not about that. It's like you did something that we can't overlook. Mm -hmm. So we need to audit you. So show us the proof, yeah. show us the documents, write an appeal. So I think that that's probably the biggest myth on the activations. Um, there's pretty much no way, even like there's ways of making them easier, you know, like mm -hmm. to your point that you said, like, of course, controlling the whole process, having the right documentation, uh, building that trust with Amazon, it, it's going to make your life easier and you are going to be able to avoid them more than somebody that is doing things the wrong way. But at the end of the day, you you are playing on a on a playing field that there's one referee and they call the shots all the yeah, fucking time. And you're kind of in a disadvantage. You know, I, I always, um, I love using analogies with Amazon, but Amazon is like that one teacher that no matter if you're getting A plus test scores, they're going to micromanage you. you oh, know, they're going to be yeah. on you. No, no matter, matter what. If you're no selling what, yeah. for three, four years on the platform, Bro, they making hundreds of thousands of they dollars. They micromanage us. Like I, I speak I speak every morning with uh, the Amazon, uh, our Amazon representative every morning just because they want to make sure that we're doing things the right way. And they want to make sure that if we added an account that they have registered that that account is uh, under our management and they want to make sure that this and that. And it's like, Bro, is they're going to get a day that I don't have yeah. to talk to this person? Yeah, yeah. Like, and and I don't think that there's ever going to be nah. a day that that's going to happen. No but at the same time, I know that it's part of the game. I know that it's what I sign up for, and I'm okay on doing it. And and the times I think would be a, a, another good myth. Like yeah, people think too. that oh, my stores, you know, audited, my stores deactivated. That this is going to be an easy little send one file. And Amazon reads it and they say, okay, you're good to go. It's Actually, the process is as simple as that. The <laughs> problem that they have, and this is true, the process is very simple, guys. Once you send the appeal, there is literally one person reading it. And if everything is good, they will approve it. Like, it's literally like that. Two things that happen with that. Number one, usually, because it goes back to the next point that we're going to talk on how to write an appeal and what are the expectations on an appeal, is that usually people don't take the time to write the appeal the right way to Amazon uh, expectations the first round because they have that in their head. They are like, oh, they're asking me for invoice. Let me just send the invoice. They're going to see that it's legit and okay, they're going to mm -hmm. let me go through. They don't want that. Like they want actually to explain that. They want for you to explain that you understand what you are getting audited for, okay? That you have a plan of action as to Hey, this is never going to happen again. And why is not going to happen again? What are the rule? What are the the parameters and the techniques and the structure that you set up in your business so they don't have to look at you for that problem ever again? It's like writing an essay. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, literally, you have to write an essay. Like you have to write an essay, and that's the part where people uh, get confused, and that's why they think that by submitting like a simple paragraph, or oh, it says everything that you need, approve me. That's not the case. And then the second thing is, back to your point, there's 6.2 million sellers on Amazon. A lot of them are deactivated. A lot of them are going through issues. 
you don't imagine how many emails these departments are getting a day, okay? And even though every business has policies that say, oh, we need to respond to our emails in 72 hours, I honestly don't imagine how they handle that volume of emails. You know, I literally don't know how they do it, and uh, that's another reason why it doesn't happen from one day to the other, and that's the reason, too, why sometimes you send an appeal perfectly written and everything, it's perfect, but they will deny it just because they don't want to go through it because they have fucking... Bunch of workloads. 10,000 yeah. emails to respond to. 100%. And they don't want just to spend the time on that email. They yeah. just want to move forward and they want to finish their day because at the end of the day, they're human beings mm -hmm. too. So those are kind of the myths around the activation. I yeah. don't know if I'm missing any, but any no, anything else. I think, um, I think that's, that's pretty solid. I mean, there are some myths of not being able to, or you can always get your store back, but you really can't. I guess I'm, I'm getting mixed up with the myth part, but what I'm trying to say is that there's cases where you won't get your store back. Like, well, I mean, you know, you, it's, it's tough. I mean, you know that there are you, cases. If you that, fucked up really, really bad, like yeah. if you fucked up really, really bad, if you've been fucking up for a long time, it's not that you can't get your store back, but it's either going to take you fucking years to get it back or they are never going to respond to you again. Yeah. And, I mean, you might get lucky one point that you keep sending the email and all of a sudden a good human being on the other side feels compassion for you and opens your email and is like, damn, this guy has been deactivated for how long? Fuck, a year, okay, let me give him another chance. And then you might get lucky, but again, yeah, there's chances that for specific, within the deactivations that we discuss, there's different grades, okay? Like... You have the superficial level, and then you have deeper levels, you know? And if you are on one of those deeper levels within the same deactivations that we talk about, yeah, there's no way for you to get in your account back. And, and in, that, in that moment, then you have to either start all over again or look for another venture. And, and another tough part about deactivations I think we didn't get a chance to touch on is that Amazon's ruthless. They will hold your funds. Oh, yes. That, they will, that they will make you wait, you know, up to three months, four months, six months. I mean, worst case scenario, a year with, with money tied up just because yeah. um, they, they really look at it a certain way when it comes to you making them look bad, especially now more than ever with, with all of these other marketplaces, the way that they've evolved and their branding and all that stuff, where now it's like, I mean, I know stories of people that still, you know, don't have money released and, yeah. and no appeal can... can yeah, and, that, and that's another part that when you get into e-commerce, you have to be prepared, especially not on e-commerce. When you get into Amazon, you have to be prepared. And that's why it's important for you, if you're going to hire a company to, to manage your business for you, to audit the company. And that's a part that nobody even thinks about, which is, okay... Every business has issues, great, but if the issue happens, how prepared is this business to handle that, you know? I'm not in real estate, but if I would be in real estate and I have a bunch of units and I want to hire a property management company, I'm, going to, I'm not going to look so much into what they're telling me. I'm going to want to know, okay, how do you handle certain issues that I can have? How do you handle if a client, if a, if a tenant their AC blows up in the middle of the night and we live in fucking Florida, hot as fuck. How, how fast can you handle that? Because I don't want to lose my tenant because you 
are not able to answer the phone at two in the morning and send a technician at two in the morning to fix the air. Okay, I want to know those things because that's going to affect my business. And in our case, it's going to affect their business and our business. On the property management side of things, it's only going to affect the landlord's business. Because at the end of the day, like, the property management, yeah, they charge a fee, but they, yeah. they, they are, they are, it's not their tenant on the line. Mm -hmm. It's like the landlord's tenant. Mm -hmm. Here, we make money with the store. Mm -hmm. So... Those are the things that you need to 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 audit when you are looking to invest with with a company in our industry, um, and then going a little bit now into the last segment of the podcast. How do you submit an appeal? Okay, and this is a very interesting part of the of the whole appeal. Uh, segment and I think that we touch based a little bit just a couple minutes ago very very bluntly but if we go more in depth into these how how do you how do you so you have the appeal the the, the writing of the appeal but you also have a mental overcoming of the deactivation yes and can I add something yes. to that because I believe with that mental, you know, adversity of the deactivation, some people look to pay to solve this matter, right? I mean, it's aside from an yes. e-commerce management yes. company or, yes. or someone that can assist and because they have no idea what's happening, right? They get an email from Amazon. It says, hey, you're selling privileges or, hey, you've been hit with an inauthentic business verification. Yeah, whatever the case They're going be. crazy. Probably can't even go find it yeah. uh, on the back end, you know, if they're not really, like, yeah, on yeah, top of their store. Of it, yeah. um, and then they'll go and try to pay a lawyer. Like, I didn't know um, until I was in the industry that there are lawyers. Oh, yeah. You know, they're, they're charging a yeah, nice Yeah, because they think, they think that, that Amazon is, like, winning, like, a... Like a any court case. like yeah, <laughs> not a court case, but like look, we live in a country, bro, that if I'm on the street and somebody look at me the wrong way and I know where they live, I can fucking sue them. That's the truth of this country. Uh, I was actually watching a video from Patrick but David today uh, yesterday, and he was talking about how do people like become millionaires in this country, you know, and he was showing all these different options, and one of the options was suing other people. Like, and he started talking about it. And I was like, that's fucking true. Bro, in this country, everybody can sue everybody. And that's why lawyers got involved into this industry. Mm -hmm. And it's not the good lawyers, like, because good lawyers, they don't have the need to get or into the time, this. Yeah. Or the time. Yeah. It's literally lawyers that are just starting or... Trying to make just, extra yeah, trying few to bucks, make extra man. extra yeah. few thousand. Yeah, okay, all right. They charge you they charge you a hefty amount. Yeah. But yeah, bro, that goes back like you don't need a lawyer to write this shit. Right. Okay. This shit is very if you have things the right way, it's very streamlined, it's very simple. For me, the biggest part that you need to prepare yourself is mentally, and you need to be, as I said, prepared mentally and with the right documentation and the right plan of action. You need to, I just said it, have the right documents. Take time. Take your time. Don't fucking rush it. Don't go in and, and I mean, you got deactivated today. Don't go in and try to submit the appeal today. Take your time because usually that's one of the things that I learned through experience because nobody teaches you this shit in school or anywhere. And thank God because if this would have been in school, I wouldn't have probably been in this industry. <laughs> 
is that one of the things that Amazon looks at is how fast you can submit a plan of action. They usually have this criteria that if you submit a plan of action within three, five, ten hours, the plan of action is wrong. So don't even don't even try to do it in that amount of time. Yeah. Because that shows in their criteria. And again, going back to the 10,000 emails that these people get per day, if they they see, they can see at what time your account got deactivated. And they can see at what time you're submitting the appeal. So if they literally see that you got deactivated at 10 a.m. and by 12 p.m. you have an appeal, they're not even going to bother. They're going to say like, oh, you need to submit more information. Yeah, because you're not taking it serious. No they matter, no matter how good it is, yeah, yeah, no yeah. matter how good it is, they're going yeah, to yeah, take yeah. So that's part of, of, of not rushing it on taking your time. The other part is be patient. Okay, that's key because sometimes, let's say you're doing the first three steps the right way. You're prepared. You have the right documents. You took your time to write the appeal. You wrote it the right way. You submitted it. They don't know... They might not respond to you within 48 hours. It might take them a week. It might take them two. It might take them fucking two months. Just be patient. Like, have that in your head. Like, look, this is a stepping stone in your business. Not a stepping stone. This is a roadblock in your business. You need to chew it, and you need to deal with it. And the last one for me is consistency. Because sometimes, again... Going back, let's say we have one, two, three, and four covered, okay, and, and we are uh, on that patience state. Sometimes Amazon might send you, hey, we need more information. But if you know your process, if you know that you have the documents that they are asking, if you know that what you wrote, it's clear and explains why you got deactivated, the steps that you've taken to prevent future deactivations related to that issue, and what, are go- what is going to be your process moving forward, if you are confident that all those things are right, you might need to submit it one, two, three, four fucking times until you get a response yeah. of, okay, now you can sell again. Like, it's not going to happen from one day to the other mm-hmm. either. Like, uh, And those, for me, are the five key th- yeah. things that you need to have into consideration when writing an appeal. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I mean, you, you touched them right, right on the, the, the nail, and I think being persistent with it and showing that you really want your store back, you know, to your point, making sure you actually go through like an essay or a research paper type of format for your appeal so that Amazon can take you serious and then see that you learned from it. Yes. Right? That's the purpose, key thing. You yeah. need, you need to show them that you learn from your mistake. Yes. That's, that's what they are trying to look into that. Okay. Does this person understands why we audit him or him or her? Or they are just in a rush yeah. to get back and to keep doing the same shit that yep. they were doing. Yep. Uh, and it, don't get me wrong. Sometimes you're not doing anything wrong and you're just getting audited. Um, and even in those cases, you need to talk to them like if you were doing something wrong, which that's the other part that people don't understand or don't want to do, which is like, dude, it's like, you know, it's like when, when you are a young boy and you have a sibling and your sibling messed up, you didn't, but your parents think that it's you. And no matter what you say, they think that it's you. The best thing to do, even though it's not the right thing to do, but the best thing to do if you don't want to deal with the headache and you want to keep moving, 
the best thing to do is to take the blame, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm not saying that that's the right thing to do in life because it's a very it's different, different perspective. Yeah. Actually, talking a little about life, if that's a situation with your siblings, don't fucking take the blame <laughs> because that's being untruthful to you. But in Amazon, you need to fucking take the blame. Yeah. Like, there's no other way around it because if you don't take the blame and you keep telling them, that no, because you audit me, your audit is wrong, I have everything in line, look at this, look at that, blah, blah, yeah. blah. They don't go. They are not going to give a fuck. They're yeah. going to be like, "No, sir, you're sir or madam, you are not understanding what we're auditing you. You can sell on Amazon. You are not a qualified seller for our platform. Get the fuck out of here." That's it. And that's it. There goes your See selling you privileges. See you later. Uh, just to finalize this, bro, three ways to protect your Amazon store from being deactivated. You give three. I give three. Uh, follow policies. Um, I would say, you know, really care about what you're doing. I mean, I think when you you truly like dive into the business and you care that it's a business. For us, it's different. We're on the management side, but if you're just a seller out there trying to trying to start a brand or a product that you want to run up on Amazon, um, you know, you got to care about it because it's a 24/7 business. So it's not like you could just take a day off one day and not, you know, handle a return or, or, or take care of an order or look into a, a claim. Because now Amazon's looking at you like, okay, you're not putting the customer at top priority. You're not putting us at top priority. And the third thing, um, honestly, I think just wanting to make money. Um, I think if you really want to make money on Amazon using their platform, which is, in my opinion, the most phenomenal platform out there in the e-commerce space, you know, you want to make money because they will let you make money. Like if you do things right, you'll get a buy box. You know, if you, you list authentic products, you're going to get a little bit of traction on those listings. Um, but I'm sure there's so many other reasons and, and maybe you, you could t- touch on those. No, so for me, like the ones that you touch on were spot on. For me, the first one is follow policies, as you said. Like that's key, 100%. And as I said, that might not prevent a deactivation, yeah. but it's going to put you in a way better place if the deactivation yeah. comes around for you to actually get your store back very quickly. Uh, number two is treat it like a business, you know, mm-hmm. and you said it too, you know, it's like, uh, I think that anything in life that you treat like a business, you are going to care about because when you think about a business, there is money involved, mm-hmm. there is an upside and there's a downside. Mm-hmm. And when you put even every relationship in those terms, there's no way that the relationship is not going to be protected, you know? Like, and yourself too, like, talking a little bit about me personally, when I had to make the decision of staying or leaving, I put my outcome first, you know? And my outcome first, I don't mean financially, I mean reputation, I mean values, I mean things that could have got affected way more than the financial side because those things are more important than the financial side. You know, like a man without a reputable reputation can never make money. A man with no values can make money, but you either not going to have anybody to spend it with or you are not going to have money for a very long time. You know, so like anything, treat it like a business and make sure that you are doing everything to make money, 
walk within the lines. Go ahead. Just start one for you. I should have said, but just educate yourself. Edu- yeah. yeah, that yeah. one's probably because you know that's the most important one. You got to know what's happening. Educate yourself adapt. not only on the e-commerce but also on business. You know, uh, learn what it is supply chain. Uh, have a bookkeeping system so when situation a situation like that comes, you have all the all the T's crossed and all the I's dotted. Dotted. Mm-hmm. And the third one. Top three ways to protect your Amazon store from being deactivated, hire e-com industry. And that for me, honestly, it's I, it's not Chelsea, guys. We only have eight slots. It's this ma- this <laughs> month, we only have like two or three left. Yeah. Uh, and it's only... Yeah, my phone's going off, guys. I'm sorry for looking it's only, at it. It's only the 15, people. so yeah. we, 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 we are good. I, I'm not selling, but honestly, the third way of protecting your Amazon store from being deactivated is hiring e-com industry or if you can find a company like us out there that could be too if you find one let me know so I can talk to them and maybe we can do something together even though I don't think it exists but that's cool and then to finalize this is a segment that we always have and we're going to do it you're going to be part of it which is would you rather have generational wealth or health? You know my answer already, so. Generational wealth. Yeah, me too. Bro. Yeah, I mean. Because I, I, think, I think that you can be, you, there's no way, I don't know a wealthy man that is unhealthy. Yeah. I mean, there are people that are fat, but let's get out of this fucking uh, analogy, analogy, that if you're fat, you're unhealthy. Like, you can be, yeah. you can be bro, you can be fat, and you can have your blood work, and it could be perfect. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor but either, but I've been I've been on that space, I, bro. Like, I know people. Like, look, I, I, I used to weigh 260 pounds yeah. when I was playing, and my blood work and my tests were all perfect all the yeah. time. Today I weighed 200, and I'm still perfect, but I don't eat yeah. as clean as I used to eat. Yeah. So. No, I, I think... For me to dive into the answer, obviously, you know, it's not more so of, of the monetary side. I think it's just setting up the legacy, you know, and having uh, whether it's a son, daughter or niece, nephew, you know, have a chance to Bro, to, to, to really grow themselves. Money, with that wealth. money. And I said money because it's what we know that it's the currency. But whatever currency it's out there that is going to be the next U.S. dollar or whatever it is in my opinion, is the most important thing in life because without it, you can't have anything. Money even buys health, bro. Yeah, like, like you know, you know, like, tool, th- this, question, this question goes back to, like, what do you want, generational wealth or health? Okay, let's say I say health, but down the line, I have a cousin that it's fucking dying. Okay, I, I can't give him my health, but I can share my wealth. So I'd yeah. rather, I rather have I generational know. wealth. How do, you, how do you define time? I love that question. Um, <laughs> I don't even yeah, know how to fucking me from my time. field, and I, I have a lot of answers to it. But I think time is the most precious currency um, on on this on this realm that we're on. So I would say that value it more than anything else because you can never get it back. Yeah, I'm going to go with that one. I don't have an answer for that one, honestly. For me, time. Well, I guess that I, I kind of have an answer now that I'm a dad. Um, I think that time is 
you define it great is the most um, precious asset that we have mm-hmm. time, even though it's non tangible, which is funny because we do e commerce and it's non tangible either. So mm-hmm. I don't Try know. To make it I, as tangible I, I don't, as yeah, I don't know if it connects or <laughs> well, not. Enjoy your time, right? right? But enjoy your time. for me, time. And I hope that I want to blow your head off with this one. <laughs> but for me, time is that asset that you have to be willing to sacrifice mm. to obtain the things that you want in the physical world. Mm. That's deep, Biggie. That's deep, right? You like that yeah, one, right? That good, right? That's a clip. <laughs> that, that, that for me, that for me that is time. Good, well, it's man. those things that you need to, like time is the asset that you need to sacrifice to get to get yeah, the tangible, the only way. The, the tangible things that yeah, you want in time. The only way. And then the last one is, what is something that you learned about life this week? Something that I learned about life this week is to be even more grateful. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to talk about this, the situation or scenarios, but I think having a chance to work harder, um, you know, I'm talking about a seven-day week, you can attest, you know, uh, and seeing someone that works within the company um, that doesn't have the same resources as me in regards to a vehicle to get to work um, and, and getting them to work and seeing how humble they are, it kind of uh, helped me like become more um, grateful for everything I have and, and what I want to help those people attain. I know it's a deeper answer. That's a deep answer. So yeah. for me, what I learned about this life, uh, what I learned this week about life and I said this on a previous episode I didn't answer the question with that answer but it came out on a clip on, on one of the last episode is and I said it today too is that there's no championship there's no journey and there's no end to the journey mm-hmm. you know um, every time, and that goes back to being grateful. Mm-hmm. Every time we think we're in the top of the world mm-hmm. or we complain about not being where we want to be right now in life, the universe, God, whoever you believe in, is going to make sure that you remember. Yep. You know? And... That, that, for me, is one of, of, of the biggest lessons that I learned this week. And also, one of the things that I've been learning, not this week, but recently, is that everything in my life, everything in the people, in the life of the people that are in my life, and everything that happens within my family, my company, um, it's my responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and... That doesn't mean that if Vlad goes out now and jumps through the window and kill himself, oh. <laughs> it's going to be my fault. But what I mean with that is that I could have done, if I look really deep, I could have done something to impact you in a different way for you not to have done that. And that's some, one of the things that I learned and that's one of the things that I apply, that I've been applying for a long time in my life, but I've never visualize it the way yeah. that I'm visualizing it now. Because I, I know on our, our yeah. first or second episode I remember we recorded, uh, we asked about like what book 
yeah, podcast. Well, yeah. I wanted to ask you. I don't think it's on there, but what book have you been reading? Because I think you've been. I, I know from since that episode, yeah, this I, guy's I, been I, reading. I, I read very honestly, consistently. Honestly, I think that I'm on a record. I think I'm on a record. I, I think that I can I can be considered now a top reader. Yeah, yeah, you're like I read you're this, certified. I read this year ten books. Okay. Oh wow, that's good. Your yeah, head is six ten, months in. Ten, ten books. books. I read this 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 year. And the one that I'm reading now that I'm almost done with, it's Extreme Ownership. Oof, good one. And it's a really good book. Uh, Joko Willenick is the yeah, author. I honestly, I'm bad with authors. Yeah, I, I got you. Names, so I got thank you. you. But that's a book that everybody should read, not for business, but for life. You know, like, I, as I said, like, we, we are in this spiral of things that are happening in the world. And we are, the, 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 the whole political situation in our country and around the world in general is like building these weak people, you know, that they like to complain about everything. They are blaming always something else other than themselves. And the truth is, guys, that everything is your responsibility. Everything, yeah. everything, everything, everything. Even if you get to your house and your wife didn't make you a meal and you're going to be upset, that's your fucking fault because there's probably a reason why she doesn't feel like cooking to you. Mm. So, uh, yep, that's pretty much it for today, guys. If you guys want to learn more about our company, about what we do, please make sure that you go to ecomindustry.com. Uh, there's a bunch of information there. And also, if you guys want to schedule a free consultation with us, we're more than happy to talk to you. And last thing to be said is if you like this episode, please subscribe, like, and turn on the notifications. And we'll see you on the next episode of E2E. Have a blessed night, everyone.